enter into this place, and here you promise to meet us. You meet us everywhere we're at. Uh, But here you promise to meet us through your word and through the sacraments. Uh, We thank you that you meet us in that very uh, special way in which we uh, hear the word of God proclaimed to us to challenge us, to comfort us, to transform us. Thank you that we also here receive uh, the sacrament, that we are given this gift of your body and your blood given to us in, with, and under the elements, the bread, and the wine. We thank you that we are able to receive that. We receive the promise that you died upon the cross, that you forgive us, and that we have everlasting life in you. So, Lord, I pray that in response to all that you have done for us, that we would have hearts that are open to hear your word today. May your word enter through our ear and into our heart And then I pray that through the seed of the word of God planted in our hearts, that we would produce the fruits that you've called us to produce in our lives. The fruit of love, the fruit of mission, and most of all, that we would receive this blessing of the fruit of your grace and of your mercy today. So give us humble hearts. Give us open hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand today for the reading of our gospel lesson. Our gospel lesson today is taken from Matthew, the 13th chapter, beginning with the first verse. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore, then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Verse 9, Jesus says, whoever has ears, let him what? Hear. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more. And they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. And here's the answer why. Verse 15. Why they hear and never understand or see but never perceive. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears. 
understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are you, Maple Park. Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but did not see it and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who Here's the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Over a dozen times in our reading this morning, Jesus says, hear or listen. Hear or listen. Jesus says, whoever has ears, let them hear. Jesus is concerned for the condition of our ears. And I pray that none of us would shut our ears to the truth of God's word. When the word of God is shared with another person, it it enters through the ear and into the heart. And it's a seed that is planted within the heart. The word of God enters the heart through the ear and their faith will sprout and grow. And flourish. But you, you can be a person who chooses to close your ears, to close your eyes, to allow a callus to grow upon your heart. You see, God forces himself on nobody. You have a free will to say no. To God's word. To close all of your senses off to him. He speaks. You hear the word of God proclaimed. And you shut your eyes and you shut your ears and you callous your hearts. And there the word of God cannot sprout. It cannot produce faith. We should not shut our eyes or our ears or callous our hearts. Jesus says, whoever has ears, let them hear. And this is a big problem for me. I don't think that I stand up here as somebody who has it all together. And that I figured all this stuff out. Oh no. Uh, we, we're all in the same boat together. 
We all share the same struggles in life together. So I shut my eyes. I shut my ears. I don't listen to God. Instead, I, I listen to something else. I grab for something else. I depend upon something else. And that always leads me to a really bad place. Have you been there before? Have you been in that place? Instead of hearing from God and opening your heart to Him, you close your ears, you callous your hearts, and you end up in a really bad place. So, so why do people shut their ears to God's word? Well, because of trouble. It's the difficulties of life. Temptations come and, and people shut their ears. The, the struggles of life, uh, they cause us to thrash about and to, to grasp for anything. And so we end up grabbing on and, and, and trusting in the, in, in the thing that will never do us any good, but the thing that will continue to drag us down. All the while, Jesus is saying, here I am. I love you. I'm holding you. I've got this. We need to open our ears to hear Jesus' word. And then we won't thrash about and grasp for other things and trust in things that really cannot help us through the struggles of life. And I was talking to a dear lady who told me that memorizing Scripture, really allowing Scripture to, to not only enter her, her ear, but to be planted within her heart. She, she memorized Scriptures as a little girl and as she's now walking through the difficulty of, of, of illness, severe illness, she says, I remember those scriptures and I recite those scriptures and it brings peace to my heart. You see, the, the word has entered her ear and it's been planted into her heart. And for her, it's a very real thing in the midst of the difficulty and the hardship and the struggle of sickness. So because the word of God is planted in your heart, you can endure the struggles and temptations of life in the strength that God provides through the power of his word. But when the word of God is not planted deep in the heart, the struggles of life can damage faith. So it's so important for you to have God's word planted deep in your heart. That's why I talk about it all the time. We need to be a people of the open scriptures, to have our scriptures open, to, that we would read them, that we would pray them, that we would memorize them. Because their faith flourishes when God's word is, is received through the ear and then planted within the heart. So Jesus says, whoever has ears, let them, what? Hear. Do not shut your ears. Don't shut your eyes. Don't let a callus grow upon your heart. Let his word enter deep within. And then when God's word enters an open heart, it produces something good in your life. It produces something so good. And I'm not talking about material blessings. 
Material blessings, sure, we can, we can thank God for those things, but there's something so, so much better, so uh, more profound and deep, uh, a deeper blessing than the things of this world. I'm talking about Jesus, the fruit of Jesus leading us and guiding us and providing strength for the struggles of life. So there is a harvest of spiritual blessings which people need more than anything else in this life. And that blessing is Jesus. Him leading. Guiding. And providing the strength that you need in life. Whenever a preacher talks about a blessing and the blessing is not centered on Christ and His work and His word, watch out. There's a harvest of spiritual blessings. And at the center of it is Jesus. But the seed, verse 23, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. The blessing is Jesus. How do we know a person is hearing and understanding? Well, Jesus, Jesus is doing a good work in their life. They're not doing a good work for themselves. Anytime I set out and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do these things uh, because, you know, it's, it's going to make my life better. And it's not centered on Christ. There's so many good pursuits, so many good things in life that we can invest our time and our resources into. But if Christ isn't at the center, it's fruitless. So how do we know a person is hearing and understanding? Well, Jesus is doing a work in their life. They're not doing a work for themselves. Rather, Jesus is doing a good work in their heart and in their life. And this is made evident, first of all, by the fruits of the Spirit. By the fruits of the Spirit. How do we know a person is hearing and understanding? Well, the Holy Spirit is doing a work in their heart, and we know this by the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, Uh, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So Jesus is doing a good work, In your life, and that's made evident by the fruits of the Spirit. Also, number two, by the fruit of Jesus' mission. Not only by the fruits of the Spirit, of love, of joy, of peace, and of those things, but by the fruit of Jesus' mission. The Great Commission is fulfilled by disciples making disciples. So we know that Jesus is at work in somebody's heart... We know that they are hearing and understanding when they have the fruits of the Spirit and the fruit of Jesus' mission in our lives. They are setting out to live the life that Christ has called them to live as disciples by sharing the good news of the gospel, by making disciples, baptizing and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. So that's what Matthew says in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age.
the fruits of the Spirit, the characteristics, the qualities of the Spirit, a life on mission, sharing the good news of the gospel, also by the fruit of living God-honoring lives. So number one, by the fruits of the Spirit, by the fruit of Jesus' mission, and then number three, by the fruit of living God-honoring lives. Our lives ought to bring honor and glory to God. We pray this in the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be thy name. When we pray that petition, we are praying that God's name would be made holy, hallowed, holy. His name would be honored among us. So by the fruit of living God-honoring lives, and in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, there's no better way to uh, just summarize what a God-honoring life is than Matthew 22, 37 and 40. It's also found in the Old Testament too. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, And with all your soul and with all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That's to live a God-honoring life. To love Him. And to love one another. So we know that a person is hearing and understanding that Jesus is doing a good work when they are demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of His mission, and the fruit of living God-honoring lives. You see, when the Word enters the ear, when it's heard and understand, it, 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 it enters into the heart, and Jesus brings about change. Now, We're all a work in progress. None of us have fully arrived. Actually, the the more you progress and grow, the, the, the more your understanding of how far you are from from Jesus and his standards is made real in your life. It's the old saying, the the more you know, the more you uh, come to understand you really don't know all that much. One of the fruits of learning and growing is understanding your bankruptcy and your needs. So we're all, in a work of, we're all a work in progress. Do not despair. We're sinners under renovation. None of us have reached perfection. So each and every one of you and me, we need the daily grace and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this is the ultimate fruit of hearing and understanding is that the fruit of God's grace and mercy is made real in your life. Grace and mercy. First of all, grace. We all need grace. What is grace? Well, grace is giving, is receiving or getting what I don't deserve. God gives me what I do not deserve. I don't deserve forgiveness. I don't deserve to be forgiven by God. But he, he is a gracious God and He gives me the forgiveness of sins and He's given you the forgiveness of sins. God's great love is made known in His grace. 
And because of God's love for you, you have received the gift of the forgiveness of sins. Your sins are washed away. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed your sins from you. So when God sees you, when he sees me, thanks be to God, he does not see my sin. He chooses to see the righteousness of Jesus. Uh, You see, you've been clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You've been clothed in Christ. So when God sees you, he sees the very righteousness of Jesus. Amazing. So don't let the burden of your sin weigh you down. Please, church, don't let the burden of your sin weigh you down. God's given you a way out. Carry the guilt and the shame of sin today. God has given you this great gift. If we confess our sins, we'll hear this later when we receive communion. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess your sins to God and receive the refreshing cleansing of his grace wash over you. Also, remember that you've been baptized. You've been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now we don't believe that the water of baptism is some magical thing. But when you were baptized, the promise of Jesus' forgiveness was connected with this water of baptism. So you can remember your baptism. You can remember that you have been clothed in Christ. According to Galatians, you've been clothed in Christ through your baptism. Now, do you remember the day you were baptized? Many of you do. Others of us don't. But the promise is the same. The promise stands. You are baptized into Christ. Clothed with Christ. So remembering your baptism is to remember that very fundamental thing. That Christ has claimed you as his own. The main thing in baptism is not the water. It's the promise of God's grace given to sinners. Grace and mercy. We need grace and mercy. We need mercy. I need mercy. What is mercy? Well, mercy is not getting what I do deserve. Grace is is receiving what I don't deserve, but then mercy is not getting what I do deserve. What do I deserve for my sin? Well, I deserve God's condemnation, God's judgment. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is this great, amazing grace and mercy from Jesus for the wages of sin but thanks be to God because of Jesus I don't give what I deserve because of God's mercy I don't fear death I don't fear hell I received his mercy I'm not getting what I deserve 
And all this is possible because of what Jesus has accomplished for you upon the cross. This grace and mercy, they are not cheap. The grace and mercy of Jesus that you have received today cost Jesus his very body and blood. This is not a cheap grace and mercy. Look to the cross. And there Jesus' body was broken. His blood was shed upon the cross to take away your sin. You see, the real blessing of hearing God's word is the promise delivered to us, not only in the sacrament of baptism, but in the sacrament of Holy Communion. When you come forward to receive this sacrament, you take in your hand a piece of bread. You take in your hand a a little cup of wine. We actually don't have wine here. Sorry to disappoint you. You You take a little cup of grape juice. You hold in your hand that promise. You you put it in your mouth and you you taste that promise of his body broken for you, of his blood shed for you, and mysteriously somehow in, with, and under the bread and the wine, we receive the very body and blood of Christ. It's It's not the bread, it's not the wine, they're not magical Charms or some sort of a, a magical element. What's the main thing in the sacrament? The Word of God. When the Word of God is connected to ordinary things like bread and wine and water, when that enters into the ear as we receive it, it accomplishes the purpose for which it was given to us. His body broken, His blood shed. As we partake of this meal, have ears to hear. Listen as the elder of Maple Park Church speaks the words in the liturgy. Have ears to hear the promise of Jesus Jesus given to you. Let us have ears to hear that because of the cross you are loved. You are forgiven. Grace and mercy flow abundantly to you from the cross. So we pray today. Would you pray with me, church? Lord, open our hearts. Lord, we know that we are sinful. We know that we are broken. Lord, we know that we can't open our ears and we can't open our hearts apart from your grace. So we ask that in the power of your Holy Spirit, you would do that miracle in us. Replace our shut eyes with open eyes, our shut ears with open ears. Remove the callous from our hearts. Give us soft hearts that are open and pliable to the seed of your word today. That it would be planted deep within and bear the fruit of your good work within our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all of God's children say, Amen. 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 Would you please stand as we sing this song, very appropriate, open up.